Welcome back to Dear America Podcast, episode three. This is going to be part two of our conversation with Corey, Josh, and Penny. We just took a little quick break in between and had an absolute blast talking with these guys, and I hope you enjoy it too. And as always, please make sure to follow on Instagram and Facebook. You can find me at Dear America Podcast, and also follow me on Twitch to watch future live recordings. Thanks, folks, and hope you enjoy. Yeah, uh, so, you know, basically, you know, you went to Germany, you did training exercises there, and we kind of touched base a little bit on your first deployment and, you know, how hard it was on your family, but what was going through your head, you know, when your boot came off the plane and you're on the ground for the first time in a new country? Oh, shit. First time, first deployment. Okay, so for me personally, it it was kind of intense because we got down for, and this is this is speaking to all of Charlie Company. Um, when I got there, is like, hey, here we are at Orion, and Orion is like a fucking like, I mean, it was like uh, the previous podcast, like, hey, we're going to Iceland, we're going to look at Northern Lights and drink beer. I mean, that was kind of like what Orion was going to be like. It was it was relatively chill. And that's when uh, the battalion commander comes up to me, and I was I was ahead of the rest of the uh, rest of the group from Charlie Company. He's like, "Hey, dude," he didn't say it quite like that because he was a pretentious asshole. <laughs> he, he said it more like that. Doslin? No, yeah, Doslin. Oh, good lord! Yeah, we can have a whole. We will not call anybody episode. else out on this podcast at <laughs> all. We'll call that, call that guy out. So I was like. Lieutenant Laherne, you're going to be going to Samara with the rest of your company. I'm like, Dolzen, you're going to go fuck off. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. So that sucks. So I knew a little bit about it. And next thing you know, I go up to Samara and um, I took I took a convoy up there and some rickety ass deuce and a half that had bullet <laughs> holes in up? it. Because you, you flew, I, no, I ground con. I yeah, ground, I ground, ground, ground con. Yeah, ground con yeah it, it, most of the guys freaking flew up. Yeah, no, no, no. I they ground, ground they ground con by my ass up there. Well, I got IED. so I went to I went to Balad, and that's where yeah. I Balad is like ten miles away from Orion, so it's essentially the same. Um, and then we took a ground convoy, and there's bullet holes in this deuce and a half. And a dude who's with the unit that I'm replacing is. Clearly, battle struck. I mean, he's like, "Yeah, those are bullet holes. Fuck it, we're gonna go through the Sunni triangle and blah blah blah." You know, keep your head down. Shit gets tight. And uh, yeah, I ended up there, and the rest of my unit was still down in Kuwait. And I was I was talking to my company commander through Sipper, which is uh, secure internet, and and um, I'm like, dude. Here's where we're going. I didn't say it quite like that, of course. But we're going like, dude, we're going to Samara. He's like, what? Like, yeah, it kind of blows. And uh, uh, you got to remember when it, back then when somebody said Samara, that was like everybody knew that. Was everybody, there. that was a tough area to go, man. So yeah, you know, and, and to put it in perspective, um, Samara, for those who don't know, is 90 days after we left. Samara was the mosque that got blown up that put all of Iraq into kind of this whole Secretarian War. Yeah. The Al Askari Mosque or the Golden Mosque. Right. Yeah. Um, fucking so, Satyrs guys. And yeah. Like right. and all that shit. Yeah. Dude, it got fucking, fucking crazy. Hot. So I end up there and I, I and I go back to my company commander. I'm like, all right, I'm here in Samara. And they're like, hey, you want to go on a patrol with us tonight? I'm like, yeah, that's cool. Fuck it. Let's do this. Let's see what the city's all about. And that very first night, I got shot at. And I was like, oh, my God, shit's for real. 
<laughs> like, and the funny thing about that whole night is the people who shot at us were actually Iraqis, Iraqi army. So it was like a total friendly fire kind of thing. Those guys were dumb fucks, though, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they were dumb. I mean, I could go on for... Oh. Except for Delta. <laughs> Delta was awesome. They were all right. Delta for the what? One guy who said we had we had this good. We call him Delta because he was the only fucking good I, uh, IA guy we had, Iraqi army guy that we had. I don't know what the fuck rank he was. I think he was like a fucking sergeant or whatever. But that dude was badass. The rest of his guys could fuck off. They were terrible. <laughs> oh yeah, I didn't yeah. have any good experiences with them. Yeah, just Delta. Yeah. He was the only one I remember. They set us up a couple of times. So, you know. But so when you, I guess getting to the root of your question, like what was it like the first time you arrived in in theater? I mean, it, it was cool. That first night, but I didn't even make it a night. And then they're like, "You're you're out. You're going up here to this really really hot place." And when I got there, in, in, in when people told me like you're going to Samara, and I didn't, I was naive. Yeah. And they're like, "Oh, you're going to Samara." Everybody was. Man. And then, but when people Everybody said, was. "You're going to Samara," I'm like. <laughs> Oh shit! I can just tell by the way you're saying that that that's not cool. <laughs> we're not talking Balad. Apparently, they're not nice up there. Yeah. yeah, we're not talking Balad. We're not talking victory. So this is a little bit different from what I thought we were getting into for the last eight months. So it was it was that part was kind of crazy. And um, yeah, that that very first night, you know, and getting shot at and, and how everything kind of played out, the pucker factor went up and. Mm -hmm. um, I I wasn't sure how things were gonna play out, you know, within myself and within my unit, and, and and things got real really quick. For me and Penny, it was probably a little bit different. Well, it was mm -hmm. a little bit different, well, probably, but it was a little bit different because um, we hit we hit Kuwait, so we we hit the we hit the airport in Kuwait, and we just got put into wait mode, you know. So we sat we sat out by the stupid airport for what it was a good four hours. Yeah. Before they had the buses show up, and then they pull these these buses up, middle of the night, and the, all the buses were, you know, all the windows were drawn or the curtains on the inside, so you couldn't see in, you couldn't see out, and they ground con. It was Beering where they sent us, mm -hmm. wasn't it? Yeah, it was Beering. So they sent us over to Camp Beering in Kuwait. And middle of the night, we go into these freaking tents, and we're sitting there. And they're like, "All right, go to sleep," you know. We'll, 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 you know, once you guys wake up, you don't have anything to do tomorrow. That's it. You know, so we didn't, you didn't, you got really kind of robbed of, of the feeling. You, know, you could, you could peek out between the, the, the curtains and stuff, you know, and they had, they had gun trucks escorting us and stuff. Cause apparently, you know, some of the convoys had been hit by the bad guys and all that other stuff. But we rolled in the Buring and we sat there for half a month. You know, it was yeah, we were there for weeks. at least a week, week and a half. You know, it was, I was there for three weeks, and so they started breaking us down into chalks, and sent us sending. What chalk, chalk is? Chalk is a group. Is a group. I, I really got to get like a, a military Full lingo right? dictionary. No, I, it's and it's good when that. you ask that question because the listeners don't necessarily know it, either. It is right because so. there's a lot of shit, and don't 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 be afraid to fucking. So they started, yeah, they started breaking us up into um, flights, basically. You know, so most of the guys were flying up. They were going to load loading up, loading up, loading them up on Chinooks or Blackhawks and flying them up to wherever they were going. But the other, um, so three quarters of the unit went up like that. But the other quarter got put into um, ground convoys. And so we were there for <laughs> three weeks. And immediately they put they started putting us into training. I mean, we were we were hitting the the ranges. As many rounds as we wanted to go shoot, we could go shoot. 
Um, they had a couple SF guys coming over and training us on um, CQB, close quarter combat techniques. Um, SF yeah. being special forces? Guys. SF, yeah. yeah, special forces. You know, they had some, some Green Berets coming over and... Those guys were righteous, man. They were just like, they had full beards and long hair and stuff. You're like, I want to do that job. Yeah. <laughs> they, looked, yeah. they looked fucking mean. They looked mean, you know? And um, they called them ODA teams. So there was a couple That's ODA teams yeah. who were processing out, you know, and they were, they were heading back to the States and some other ODA teams were coming in. And I, I worked with those ODA guys. I worked with the SF on several different missions and they were the, they were the most consummate professionals that freaking you know you could ever work with oh yeah most but of them we started doing that most of them yeah there's some of them, of them yeah, most of them some of them i got stories <laughs> but um my first impression when i was there so we hit right before thanksgiving you know and um we got there and they were like yeah there's a big old thanksgiving um deal up at the chow hall so we went up there we were like yeah okay this is fucking gayer than aids you know but whatever blah 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 and then it just it went into freaking the standby mode that happens in every yeah. single army unit. Guys started having competitions to see who could jerk off the most in freaking the, the <laughs> porta potties. You started you'd like you'd go up in the middle of the night I to go see do. freaking see if you could get on the phone to call family home and you'd open up a porta john. There's two people having sex in there and shit. You know, and it was like Jesus. Generally Christ, guy just, and girl, mostly. Mostly. Yeah. For the mostly. most part. Yeah, for the most part. I, I think what's really interesting to point out is that uh it got when, lame. <laughs> yeah. It got when, lame. when we were down there, though, that is when uh, good old Don Rumsfeld. Oh, uh, I got up. this one. No, yeah, let me tell Don this Ron. one. Right, you tell yeah, us. Penny was so, there for that, man. <laughs> All right. Tell us. So, story. you remember when uh, I'm sure a lot of you guys remember when Donald Rumsfeld had his whole, he went out to went out to Kuwait and had this big, you know, hoorah. Town hall yeah, kind of shit. Though, like, what this is a town hall speech. No, no, no. He's, he's worried about, about people dying and shit. Yeah, he's out there. The and American he, public is. He was he was talking to the soldiers, and one of the soldiers asked him. He asked him flat out. He goes, "You know, we're the richest country in the world. We're the best military in the world. Why are we digging through dumpsters to up armor our vehicles or to find armor to, to weld onto our vehicles?" Which a hundred percent was happening. Which so the reason yeah. I wasn't actually at there, and that was, that was happening five hundred yards away from me. They were talking right over there. I we was in a dumpster. In Getting ready, like literally fucking pulling off uh, anything uh, metal. metal to weld onto our vehicles, which at the time I didn't give a shit. It is what it is. Yeah, probably, well, probably well, let's take dumbest. a step back because you guys were planning on driving. We were driving from north, Kuwait yeah, from Kuwait into Iraq. all the way up to so, Cobra. Uh, you were literally pulling steel out of a dumpster and welding we were pulling. Into your we were pulling uh, uh, armored yeah. doors off of busted up vehicles we were, and welding them on and putting them on our vehicles. We were begging. We were begging. Yeah. We were borrowing. We were stealing. But you should have seen it looked like fucking could. Mad Max going north. Oh, totally. Those vehicles, dude. Totally. It was awesome. We it ruined those vehicles. Real. We yeah. ruined them because the, those vehicles weren't rated for the weight that we were at. Oh, no. We put weight. We, we, we were, were putting stupid. metal on fucking places that we're, shouldn't have this stuff, you we know? Were, and, we were putting, we were welding on quarter inch plate steel, yeah. okay, onto the sides of doors that if God forbid an IED did happen. All we were doing was creating shrapnel. Yeah, we did. At the time, <laughs> yeah. we thought it we were doing dumbest, good. It was the dumbest thing that <laughs> Putting we could have You, you put a bunch of 18-year-olds. Right. And, like, right. yeah. Well, it, it's more than 18-year-olds. But I think, in, in fairness... You know, the, the IED threat the was... The had made it Yeah, the yeah, yeah, totally. The yeah. IED threat was pretty new. Yeah. So it was like, how are you going to react to this new threat? And so we're putting yeah, sandbag, valid. we're putting sandbags in the bottom yep. of the vehicles, like by the floorboards and shit. 
and then trying to, you know, weld on whatever fuck we can yeah. to prevent you know anything it was from the side fuck, oh it was yeah, great it was dude those vehicles you, look badass though yeah, like, yeah. they look fucking cool as when shit. you say <laughs> mad max it was total mad max. oh I guess, yeah i gotta i gotta i gotta say something though i don't really consider that a failure because no not at all what i considered it was i don't know if there's any other army out there in the world that could have taken that and redesigned on the fly what we did at that point in yeah. time i think it's one of the most um the ingenuity I think it's one of the greatest show, yeah. engineering ingenuity, ingenuity, but engineering marvels that we did because it was all straight up farmer engineering, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, you know, like it was farmer hogging yeah. shit. You it was know, making it was, shit up as we went, and, and then making stuff care. up. At, and there was guys out there who were like, no, we can't do stuff like this. You got to do it like this. You know, play at the underside, blah it, blah blah. And then well, you you, 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 you hear what at, works and what doesn't, and right, you're right. modifying yeah. it on Correct. the fly. And the American Army, I think, is the only ones out there that could have freaking had that had the capability. Hundred percent. Just based on the intelligence level of what we had with us, especially the guard. Yeah. Because the guard the guard is different from regular army. We okay? should get into that a little bit. Yeah. We should the the regular the guard has <coughs> such it has such like the regular army the regular army guys like to give a little bit of shit to the freaking they call us nasty girls or nasty guard and all that other stuff. But when it comes to cohesiveness cohesiveness of a unit and just the plain intelligence level in a unit. You have engineers, you have plumbers, you have electricians, you have welders, you have We had the best nurses, barracks of you know? anybody because <laughs> oh, sure. we fucking yeah. would build yeah, shit. Yeah, we, you had carpenters. I yep. mean, you had everybody there, you know, and yep. it was, and we were all like, we knew everybody. We, for one, we all came from the same damn area. Yeah. You know, we knew everybody's families. Everybody knew who I was. Everybody knew who freaking Mulhern was. Everybody knew who Penny was. And, we, all, we knew everybody's background and everything. We were very homogenous, very. It was just this very tight, tight unit, you know. And I don't know if any other army out there could have done that and pulled that stuff off that we had done at that point in time. I consider it a success. Fuck yeah. How it came out, how it came to be that we had, that we were forced into that situation was a little fucked up, but, yeah. you know, fuck it, whatever. Now, yeah. I just find it interesting being on my side of it. Uh, you know, all we saw when Rumsfeld went over there was him ha shaking hands and smiles, and the cameras are all, you know, the flashbulbs going off and everything. I'm not going to lie. I'm so young, I didn't even fucking care. Like, it was one yeah. of those things, yeah. like, oh, there's a guy on the TV talking. Yeah, like, I figure, oh, it's a, oh, it's a politician yeah. doing what politicians, politicians do, but then to yeah, hear yeah, it from yeah, your yeah. side, oh, here's what was actually going on. He pissed and, a lot of people off because the way he, he said, he, he said, the way he said it and the way he presented it, um, it rubbed a lot of people wrong, man. It, you know, it, it kind of it was like, dude, you're supposed to have our back, man. You're the def yeah, secretary of defense. You're supposed to be like, this gear is coming. The, the up armor stuff was coming. It was coming. Yep. You know what? It we was. Were, you know, while we were while we were at Fob Cobra, we got all the new gear and stuff, and we got new up armor and stuff. It was a matter of weeks by the time it came in. You know, but. Should it's we have waited a yeah. little bit before we ground convoyed up instead of freaking doing the hillbilly armor up armor? Yeah. Well, I don't know, but it's the total politics thing, it's right? Because yeah. it's like you know, if you're a leftist and it's the right regime, you're gonna go with. They well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not giving our soldiers what they need. Well, in the context of the scenario, I mean, I don't know if we would have done much better in World War Two. In World War Two is the epitome of, of that's what everybody looks up to. Yeah, yeah. It, it, of the gold standard of of providing our soldiers what the greatest they generation. Need. Yeah, yeah. and generation. I so kind of afford a little bit. You know, I remember I'm a huge history buff, and that was kind of my forte in yeah. growing up. And 
you'd see people coming back from World War II and they're presented as heroes, you know, people kissing in Times Square, New York. And then yeah. nowadays that's considered sexist, by the way. Right. Yeah. Now you wasn't that then you fast down? forward to the Vietnam era, yeah. you know, the 1960s where there's a lot of protesting and there wasn't that recognition recognition when you guys came home. I mean, what kind of I mean, oh. did you what kind of uh, um, I, I reception did one. you receive? I got this one. Uh, at least public I, or family. Um, I'll start with this. You're a hundred percent correct in everything that you just said, and I will say that my reception back into the United States would not be what it was if it wasn't for the Vietnam vets. Correct. And the Vietnam vets out there, if there's any listening today on this Welcome podcast, home. Welcome home. thank you for everything that you've done. Welcome home. Thank you for your service, and thank you for making sure that all the veterans behind you didn't experience what you did. They, uh, they took a heat round for us. Yeah, oh, yeah. They, and they I, took a heat round. I, yeah. like Again, being civilian my entire life, I think it was just they got the shit out of a stick because of the politics going yeah. on during their time. 100%. Yeah. 100%. 100% without a doubt. The thing about it is, you know, like, they never, you always say, it, it, a lot of those guys were drafted. You know, a lot of those guys, which that's not the way we, we currently do it. It's a volunteer army. You have to volunteer, which I, pref- I, I I think that's a better way to go instead of drafting people. Um, but I'm not going to go down. That's, you could probably do three shows <laughs> on that. But, <laughs> right. You know, um, I think that the Vietnam vets, um, Took it took something that was an undercurrent in our society at that time, and people. I don't really blame the culture that was that because people were very opposed to the Vietnam War. And there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on, you know, and, and I can respect that. And you know, one of the things like everybody's like, oh, you know, this is America. If you don't like it, get it out. And at the same time, man, you know, it's your right as a, as a citizen of this country to protest and stuff, and. Um, I poured you a glass right there, buddy. Um, Thank you. <laughs> my uncle was in Vietnam, you know, and it messed him up. It killed him. You know, he passed away two years ago, and he, he got exposed to Agent Orange and shit. You know, and it, that's what killed him, you know. And he did. He got treated treated like shit, you know, called baby killer and all that other stuff that happened and stuff, you know. And was it right? No, definitely, without a doubt, it's not. But those guys took a freaking, because when we came back, when we came back, it was complete, and I think almost to the point where um, it was unhealthy. It was almost it was hero much. worship. It was, it was too, too much. much. It was. You know, because I, I remember when we came back on leave, I was sitting there with a couple guys, and I was in Dallas. Um, you know, the, Dallas, they, Dallas yeah. Air Force, or D- uh, D- Dallas. I was in Fort Worth, Dallas. Dal- the airport in Dallas. Oh. Not Dallas. Dallas and Washington. You're no, talking was in Dallas, 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 Texas. Texas. Yeah, 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 that was one of the main points we yeah. went into. So you'd fly into you'd fly into Dallas, Texas. You know, and oh, did you get the uh, did you get the fire port? Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you got that. Oh, yeah. yeah, you got the the air guy, shower over the airplane. Guy came up to us and he threw a hundred dollar bill on the on the table and he's like, "Fellas, get drunk." You know, I can respect that. I can respect that. You know, what I cannot respect is the freaking veteran who comes back expecting that. Yeah, you know? right. I hate it. I hate it with that. I'd never ask for anything and stuff like that. But you get guys who are like, simply because you're a vet, you might not even have been deployed. And uh, next thing you know, Veterans Day shows up and you're going to Green Mill or Applebee's or wherever the fuck you want to go. And you're freaking, oh, I'm a vet. I'd get a free meal. 
It, that's not why. That's not. That's not what it's about, man. No. You know, but everybody automatically now, and our the way our society is set up, it's like, oh, you're a veteran. I have to do this, that, and the other thing for they you. Don't. You know, do you? It's like, no, just, 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 just. Shake my hand. When That's I got home, do. shake my hand, man. You know, I feel like, awkward. And yeah, very awkward. Very much very awkward. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I, yeah, I appreciate it nonetheless, but I feel awkward. It's like you know, it, going back to an hour ago plus in the <laughs> show. Why did you join? Why join to fucking pay for college, right? And then I stuck in for different reasons, yeah. but it doesn't make me a fucking hero. I You're right. No. The only reason I stuck in, the only reason it's I the know, brothers. My brothers fuckers. and arms. <laughs> guys, yeah. That's it. No, when we, I, I remember when we came home from that first deployment, we had a huge fucking parade. There's probably six thousand people in a four thousand person town, and we had this huge parade, and we all yeah. we all went to this ribbon wall, and yeah. we, we pulled on our ribbons for each soldier on the on the deployment, and then we jumped on a bus. And here's the part that I don't tell the story often, but the part that really fucking sinks in with me is. All of us were sitting on the front of the bus. Remember, we were sitting on the yeah. front of that bus, and we were going to the high school, and all of a sudden, this guy jumps on the bus, 65 years old, 60 years old, wearing an OD Greenfield jacket. I mean, blatantly obvious, a Vietnam vet. <coughs> he jumps on, and he goes, can I ride with you men to the to the school? We're like, fuck Come yeah, on. dude, join us. You want and a beer? all of us <laughs> soldiers, and we were, yeah. we were drinking heavily we were drinking, on the front uh, of this bus. Uh, you want a beer? No. And... We all the all the higher ranking like all the E sixes, E fives, E sixes, and E sevens, like the all the sergeants and up, we're sitting on the front of this bus, and this guy gets on it, and we started talking to him, and he goes, "When I got home, I didn't have this, right?" And yeah. and it was weird that that moment was probably probably one of the most influential moments in my entire military career. It changes, it changes you, man. Was it watching him have his homecoming with a bunch of fucking twenty year old, twenty five year old, just. Dumbasses like we were, and he joined us like we were fucking brothers, Heroes, and yeah. and we took him in like he was one of us, you know. And so he rode with us over to the school. I've never seen him again. I have no idea what his name was. It's, it's weird, but man. to this day, I mean, and if you ever saw him, and if you ever recognize him, you'd be brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You're yeah. That, and and he always looks. He goes, I never. When he said, I never had this when I came home, yeah. and we're like, dude, I remember that, you're man. with Holy us. Shit, yeah. yeah, I remember that. That was the, probably one too, of the most like, influential moments in my military career. You go, you go to some of the VFW units out there and stuff, and like, you get there's. It's weird. Hit or like, miss. Yeah. It's hit or miss, man. And like some of the VFW guys, they're like, yeah, it's crazy because some of the Vietnam Vietnam guys, they're like, you know, oh, you fought in Bush's war. Yeah. Yeah. Really, bro? You're you saying fought Kennedy's you, war. Fuck off. You're say, you fought, yeah, you know, fuck you, man. You know, like, I, I went to the VFW a couple times, and I, I won't go anymore. Yeah, well, it's still hit or miss shit. on the place you go. Yeah. I know it's hit or miss, and I've gone to a couple. I like the Legion, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Funny how that goes, you right? Know? Yeah, because yeah, the Legion too. guys are just like freaking, hey, Well, man, it depends on, on who in, it is. Man. I mean, how many how many of our guys that we came that we went overseas with that are, and we everybody that's been to the military knows this guy that, fucking talks the game, plays the veteran card like there's no tomorrow, and that motherfucker never left his office. That fucker never went on a mission. He never once got shot at, never once got IED. And that fucker's the one that's that's 100% disabled for PTSD because he can. And that's the part. That's the part that fucking gets me. How the hell did we get on this tangent? By the way, yeah, uh, that's my fault. We got off into the weeds. All right, let's go back. Hey, we got more questions. We got yeah. a couple more questions. No, um, yeah. No. 
You see it a lot, though. You see, <laughs> you see, 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 like, do you see that? So the the people who have gone to combat and stuff versus in, the people who are in office, do you see a big in, difference? In, in my experience, in my experience, people who have seen combat, like all three of us, all right, people, I don't ever talk about it. I never talk about it. I don't even talk about it with my wife. You know, I think I got drunk one time, really super drunk. Like I drank a whole bottle of scotch one night and I told her a fucking story about something that happened over there, you know? And I regret it to this fucking day. I regret it to this day because I, just, I don't. I tell the funny stories. I tell the funny shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tell the t- I tell the stories about the time I scared this fucker half out of his mind. With the bug. With the bug. Motherfucker. You know? <laughs> I, I tell funny stories. Yeah. You know about the dude getting hit in the nuts with the fucking chili sauce. You know. I mean, it, it's. it's oh, no, I was. It, the, I was. That was the football when you hit me in the nuts. With ah, motherfuckers. That was funny as shit. <laughs> I tell that stuff, man. I don't tell the fucking people. Don't need to know it. People, the only people who need to know it is that guy and that guy because yeah. they they were there. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't talk about that stuff. He doesn't talk about it. Anytime you walk into a bar and some dude's in there, oh, I fucking killed children, blah blah yeah, blah. It's they, bullshit. It's bullshit. And you're taking away, you're taking away freaking from somebody who actually did experience that shit. You know, because yep. anybody who sits there and freaking gets all pissed drunk and freaking starts running their mouth about crap like that. I can guarantee. I, nine times out of ten, I can guarantee it's fucking bullshit. I promised myself I wasn't going to soapbox tonight. Uh, however, well, uh, that stopped with the uh, shitbot. So. Yeah, when, when shitbot started, it's game on. Episode so, what? You got? basically mentioned that I was a nurse. I'm a nurse at the VA in Minneapolis. Fucker. And I have worked with some. I, I have taken care of some of it. like I the d- the biggest heroes this country's ever seen. And I have also seen the other side. You know, the same side that we know, that we've seen. The guys that never left the wire that are 100% disabled for PTSD and yeah. and loving it because they get a fucking $4,000 check. And they post on Facebook about oh, yeah. how much fucked up they are. And how bad everything is. So I've seen both sides of things. Garbage. But I'll tell you what. The thing I love about the military is the good side of it. The guys that jumped into Normandy, and I've taken care of more than yeah. I can count and I, I've heard their stories, and I've heard how fucking cool, you know, when, after they came home, they just fucking went to war, work, and they didn't give a fuck. They just went to work and took care of their kids. And I've heard the stories of the Vietnam vets that actually did their fucking jobs and, and gave a shit and came home to fucking nothing. And then I heard the stories of, of our guys that went to work and fucking came home and just <laughs> took care of business. And then I see the other side of it, and there's nothing that pisses me off more and I really shouldn't be saying this out in public, but that shit needs to fucking stop because these guys... It takes away from the guys who legitimately... The guys that help. actually need the help. We lost another one just recently. Yeah. I hate that. I, hate, I just I've found gone, out about yeah. that today. We lost another guy from our from our second deployment. Well, he was on our first gone, deployment, too. I've gone to a funeral for and, the past six years. This, this year, this April, will be number seven. Yeah. I've gone to a funeral for the past six years. Seven, for, no. For, for somebody boys. who's, yeah. who's, I mean, who's uh, taking care of and all of that because And know, the the resources that we should be putting towards that, you know, towards the guys that fucking need it, are being taken up by these fucking assholes. It creates bureaucracy that, and the bureaucracy yeah. gets in the way of helping people. But, really but can I add to that? Yeah. So you guys know this. Nobody else on air knows this, but Two weeks ago, I went to the CVSO for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, you know, CVSO is the county veteran service officer. And that's where you initially make your claim for whatever you got with the VA. And uh, that, was, that was the first time I walked in there. 
And the the only reason it's taken, well, 2004, what is it now? 2019. Holy shit, 15 years. You know why I haven't gone in there? Pride. Yep. Yeah. And, and sometimes you just need to make that uh, decision just to go in and, and take care of shit. And I'll say that uh, there's a lot of people out there who need to go see people yes. like Penny in, in the VA who haven't. And, you know, and disregard all, you know, what you just said to a point like right, all, no, all the bullshit absolutely. people. But there are a lot of people out there with pride who haven't gone in yet who need to go in. So I implore you, please, you know, go out there. Um, yeah, if I anybody find, out there is listening to this, you need help. Are there? Oh yeah, God. is there? Do you guys know of any resources that people can reach out to? Uh, uh, call yes. your CVSO, man. So call your county. We'll, oh, we'll let Penny take this yeah, one because uh, this is his. This, area this of is my area. This is what I, this is what I do. You know, if there, if you're in a position where you truly need the help and you need you do need the help, and even if you you just think you do, there is so many resources out there. Number one is the military one source. If you're still in. Call the fucking military one source. Just Google military one source. They they will get you to where you need to go. <coughs> Otherwise, you call your CVS if if you're just like in, in Corey's situation. You, you, you're you want to start the process. You want to you want to just get yourself enrolled into the VA. Call your CVSO. That's the way to go. Um, there's all these other you know the DAV the the VFW all these people will help you. CVSO is the best in in my opinion and where I've been. That's the best way to go because that's where. That's where I got into the system. I work at the VA and I get my care at the VA. And I have the option of getting care anywhere. I'll be honest with you, 100% I will go to the VA every single time. Because I know the difference between the bullshit that we have to go through at the VA as compared to the bullshit that we have to go through at regions or wherever the fuck you're going. I will. I would pick the VA 100 times out of 100. And it's not because I work there. It's because I know that you actually get your fucking, you actually get care that you need. The biggest key. It's is hard to get in. Call somebody. Call you somebody. You need to fucking 100%. just get Call in. somebody, you know, and, and freaking tell them I got yep. a problem. And if they say, well, you, you, we don't think you really, you know, like with Blake and everything, you know, it's like, no, I have a problem. I need yeah. help. I'm pissed. I need help. Yeah. I'm pissed. He didn't I'm call going me. to hurt myself or I'm going to hurt somebody. It, it doesn't matter. You call me. Fuck. I don't give a shit. Right. I don't even know. You. Give me a call, man. Now, if I don't know how to get you help, I will find I'll somebody. Find, yep, who can. we will find a way yeah. to get you help. Yeah, and and to put us in a perspective, Gordon and, and everyone else is, uh, we just lost. We just we just found out that we lost another member of our team to suicide, which is a very very serious since very serious thing in, in what we do. Um, what I've seen historically is a lot of the suicides that I've seen is from people who haven't been deployed, but I've seen a lot of people who have been deployed too. And it's fucking tragic. Mm -hmm. That's the only way to describe it. It's tragic. Um, I've dropped everything on my plate Mm -hmm. to, to go help someone in need more than once. And and so these two, so Josh, so it's Penny and if anyone out here, if, if you're in need, you know, call your call your dude, call call the person you're closest to. Yep. They will, your battle buddy will always be there for you. And that's the thing I love about this brotherhood that we got is that they will always be there for you. I think it's so tragic that someone 
someone takes their own life because there are so many people that care for you who has been through that situation with you, who loves you deeply, unconditionally. The thing is, is like, you know, I want to make a documentary. I want to make it. I'm dead serious, man. I was just thinking about this. I want to make a documentary and I want to go interview. I don't want to interview other soldiers. I don't want to interview all that other crap. I want to go interview the families of people of the soldiers who have taken their own lives or whoever, whomever, you know, because I, I, I followed up, you know, Pat Mullally, Logan Knuffelkamp, Dennis Senti. I can keep going, man. I can, I can freaking list off name after name after name of men that I've known who have taken their own lives because they were in a, you know, what is the old, what is it? It's the permanent, dude, permanent solution to a temporary, temporary problem. Yeah, it, dude, you know? it's, it's about a 10 to one. It's about a 10 to one. Yeah. Like one dude that I lost in war, 10 are lost to suicide. Correct. Yeah. I mean, that's not We got joke. really deep here all this well, time. Well, <laughs> honestly, like, well, and I, I kind of want, like, this seems like it's a very serious problem, and it's something it's, that I it, think the is. The thing is, it's so personal to us, you know, because mm-hmm. we know these guys, you know. Well, and I, I like, you guys were in for 20 plus years each. Yeah. Have you seen a change in how the Army treats mental health versus when you entered versus now? Or do you see that evolving at all? No. 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 Is Not it still all. very stigmatized? And it, 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 I still look at it. Now, I, I look back, you know, 10 years ago when I when I was kind of going through a lot, of, a lot of my own shit, that it was definitely looked down upon. I mean, if you went in to t- saw somebody... It, it it was it was you were you were weak you were admitting defeat yeah. you were admitting yeah, weakness you were, you were. And instead and of just admitting that, that you need some help and you the need biggest to talk thing to somebody. was is there's something wrong with you yeah. and in especially in the infantry okay if there is where it's a lot of bravado and a oh, lot yeah. of yeah it is a, it is it it is a very um i need to depend on this guy hmm. right here if there's something wrong with you you can't hack it you're weak. Okay. Mm-hmm. Get the fuck out. That's it. That's that's the mentality. Mm-hmm. You know, to and a point. To a point. Yeah. yeah to a point. Because you, right. you guys knew that I was fucked up when I came to you as company commander. Because dude, that was like the you, best. You, time. That was one of the best times in my career. Was but the thing is, <laughs> the thing is, is like year before. Home. I'm talking about like you, like the mentality when you when you're right. on the line, man. I mean, it's freaking right. You know. Anybody who cannot fucking cut it, cannot hack it, cannot freaking carry their weight, cannot road march, cannot pass their PT test, can't they, they do their fucking they do their push ups wrong. Yeah. You know, when they're doing their PT test. We, Bare minimum. We fucking we we tear them apart, man. Yeah. We tear them apart. I, I, I think here's where the difference is. Is that between the three of us and, and everyone that I've served with and that you've served with too, you could you could go up to any of them and say, dude. I got fucking issues. I, I I'm messed up. I, I need yeah, to seek some help, and and they'll all be there for you. Yep. And I think that's where kind of the disconnect happens. Where where the problem lies is when someone tries to take it alone, and they're yeah. like, okay, yeah. So Correct. I I I need help, but I don't want to go to the VA because then maybe it's going to get back to the army or you know whatever. And, I, yeah. and, and this is so relatable for me because in the sense that um, I just retired last May. And like I said earlier, I just went to the VA for the first time when I should have went fucking 15 years 15 ago. 15 years ago, yeah. And I should have. 
and why didn't I? Because it was a lot of personal pride. I don't want to put anything at risk. I don't want to put anything in jeopardy, blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, my brother's here, like Kevin and, and Josh. I'm Kevin, he's Josh. Kevin and Josh. Or, or Penny. I never call you Kevin. Penny, Penny and Josh. I never call you Kevin. I, I literally just heard your guys. name is Kevin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Penny, Penny is Kevin, for yep. those who don't know. So Penny and Josh, I mean, they know they know yeah. the skeletons in my closet. They always have. They've wow. known what they've known what's up. And but you know I've never well. gone yeah. forward with that to a formal level. And that is, I think, if anything out there, if anyone reaches, you know, and if I can touch anyone out there for that very point, is like, hey, if if you're struggling with anything, number one, call your bro. Yeah. Call call whoever Above it is. everything else, call somebody. Call, call your brother. Call your friends. Because it, it is a brotherhood that is beyond anything in this world. Which is why you guys should get motorcycles. <laughs> <laughs> but step number two is then follow it up and yeah. then you can go to the VA and get the counseling that you need or get whatever you need. So, uh, I mean, for real. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I knew there's a veteran suicide problem. Uh, I didn't realize just how bad it was no. until uh, Steve, who was on episode one, just posted um, this week or last week uh, a statistic and then the, because a friend it's of his just 22 a day or whatever it is yeah, 22, it, it, 23 I, I personally believe it's more than that because they're taking that statistic off of numbers that are officially reported yeah, what, yeah. yeah officially reported and I believe that number is greater than that I believe it yeah. too and it is I believe I believe suicide in general in this country is it yeah, we want to talk about all this other. I'm not even gonna get involved in fucking politics. Fuck the politics in yeah. this country right now. But you know, I think it's freaking a national emergency. Yeah. You know, yeah. because you guys, you know, somebody who's killed themselves. You know, somebody who's all. I know these two guys do. You know, I, we and, just. And what was you. it like in in high school for us? I mean, hey, let's take the old old guard. Josh, I, I don't know anybody from the old times. I don't either. I don't know anybody. Maybe maybe one, you know. And I graduated Ooh. in a high school of two hundred and fifty. I, I'm trying to think. My high school, I, I can't tell you, man. Right. I don't know. I had uh, seventy in my class. I know two or three. How many? Two or three. Out of how many? Oh, one seventy. Uh, how old are you? Uh twenty nine. Okay. So from, it, from, it's growing. Uh, We're old. It's 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 growing exponentially, man. I mean, oh, totally. Yeah, and that it's weird. It's very strange, you know, because I mean, some of these people, it's like you broke your girlfriend broke up with you. Your girlfriend broke up with you, <laughs> and you went and took a forty-five and fucking put it underneath your chin. Your Kid girlfriend Char- broke. Kid she was Charlie even, Company. She's a fucking stripper for God's sakes. Fucking strippers do that every goddamn day. A fucking stripper girlfriend broke up with you. For one, you have a stripper girlfriend. You can go get another one, <laughs> right? You know, all also, you need like, is a fucking a, eight ball. Let's that's go. a call a friend you know? and get drunk yeah. problem. Not, call, a, yeah. not a put but a gun no. in your fucking mouth yeah. and talk about the good times you had. Be like, oh, she was a good lay, but goddamn, was she crazy? That's <laughs> the reason why I said prostitution should be automated. Yes, <laughs> yes, shit with shitbox right behind prostitution. She'll never say no. <laughs> not tonight. Get, I'm too tired. Maybe batteries too low. Get a sex doll. <laughs> For God's sakes, you know, review the hot man. crazy matrix. Oh, Jesus, <laughs> dude, strippers insane, are up there, man. they're in the no go. It's range. insane, 
Yeah, well, so is, we're, 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 we're bumping up on two hours. I yeah, feel like we, we, we've brought her yeah. down a bit. Do you guys, uh, like, guys want to share like a fun story? Yeah, I was going to yeah, ask was, you. Yeah, we we, 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 we kind of touched base on some of the pranks that you pulled on each other. I mean, and I've heard a lot of stories about the pranks. You know, I mean, <laughs> what did you guys do to each other when you were over there? <laughs> so we were a little different than that fucker over there. Because oh, when, I, when I said that fucker over there, it's Corey. That's me. We were, he was over with Charlie Company. In Bravo, we were so far away from everybody. We had nobody to tell us what to do. Basically, it was just our company commander. He didn't give a fuck. He was worried about the mission. Yeah, Phil Carson looking at you. Yep, yep, <laughs> Phil. You're going to um, see this. So You're going to see this. Hope you're having fun on your fucking boat in Tampa. Yeah, they would send us, like, these care packages of just random food shit. And the best is when we got, like, the the boxed chili. Because you could take that shit and... Hormel When you fucking cut that thing open and chucked it at somebody... We didn't eat any of the stuff. We just fucking had food fights within fucking 130 (laughs) people having food fights. So about about three months into the tour, we got really fucking bored. Because you did this cycle. Okay, you're on a rotation... You did three weeks of freaking missions, and you got put on freaking FOB security, right? Yeah, I'll take a little bit more of that action, too. <laughs> oh, um, and, then, <laughs> <laughs> and then you got put one week on QRF, right, which is quick reaction force, right? So QRF was basically boring time, you know, but it wasn't. In your world. <laughs> yeah, right. No, it, it got pretty thick. was a little different. But all you were but. doing was sitting around. So one day somebody decided to throw some fucking, some, some type of food, and it exploded across the whole goddamn fob. So the whole fob got involved in this massive food fight. I mean, we were going in, and we were going anything we could, freaking... Plum sauce, freaking. Oh, the date sauce. Stupid. It was like ketchup only, fucking like date Beans, sauce. You just spray it on each other. <laughs> the only thing great. that we didn't throw at each other was bacon because everybody was like, no, bacon's off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bacon's <laughs> sacred. Bacon is sacred. I like eating that shit. Fuck you. Throw that at me. I'm like keeping that. it. Yeah. <laughs> so we took our bullets in that shit. <laughs> we would get off duty. We would go back to the trailers, you know, because we, we had two squads on, two squads off, you know. So two squads would go up beyond Cura. You know, two squads were back. So, a bored soldier is a dangerous soldier, or know. a fun soldier. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know, so one day somebody decided that they were going to throw a piece of food at somebody, and it exploded. So periodically, every five weeks or so, we would have a massive food fight. We you took know? all the care packages that were given to us that we would that nobody could eat. It was like just fucking. Piles of food. Are we, we started are we counting Girl Scout cookies here? Oh my yeah. god! Everything yeah. and anything edible was chucked at somebody. Except for fucking Samoas. Those things were off limits. Oh, right. okay. Samoas. <laughs> they were up there with Samoas. bacon. Yeah. Were, <laughs> have you ever had a Samoa and bacon at the same time? No. Magical. Well, throwing chili magical. <laughs> magical. What about Thin Mints? though? because that's sacrilege. Fuck thin mints. Oh jeez. No, Christ. Thin Mints are only good frozen. Oh, get out of here. Fact. And yeah, if fact. you're in the desert, I'm assuming it's hard to freeze things. Oh no, we can figure out a way. <laughs> <laughs> so we used to have these massive food fights. So anyways, we had this lieutenant, Lieutenant Jansen, now a major, oh, Major yeah. Jansen, who had one of the best practical jokes ever pulled on him in history, ever. And I'll get into that here in a little bit. But anyways, one night we were having this massive food fight. It's the middle of the night. We're sitting there chucking food at each other. Blah, 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 this. So he hops up on top of the HESCO barriers, right? What's he, a Hesco barrier? Hesco barrier is it's a inf- collapsible <coughs> wire <coughs> barrier that you you unfold 
and then they fill it full of dirt. All right. It's like a so six you, by six by six. Yeah, six by six. Yeah, you know, so it fill becomes a solid sand. piece of dirt. Yeah. yeah. So he hops on top of it. He's running around and he's chucking food at us. And our our bro, freaking Dan Kirkoff, he's like, I'm gonna get that fucker. <laughs> All right. So he goes over and he grabs two boxes of Hormel chili and he cuts the top off of them. Right. And he goes and he stands over behind this trailer and he waits till freaking Jansen's come running across. I was on the other side of the trailer, so all I did was I heard it. Okay, I didn't <laughs> see it happen, but I heard it. All I, I hear this, got you, fucker. <laughs> so I go running back over there. Dan's shining a flashlight on him, and this cocksucker's got fucking chili all over his dick. He, he's holding it. He's holding it like... He's up on top of this Hesco beer, like, oh fuck, oh fuck. Dan smoked him straight in the nuts with some fucking chili, right? That preceded a freaking series of events that it was just uh, down It was from legendary, there. man. It, it was, was legendary. From there. The time that we we sandbagged his his door shut. So he's sitting there fucking trying to get out and he's hitting this door. I'm gonna kill you, Cox. Finally, he just fucking gives up. So what do we do? Like a half hour later, we pull all the hinges. We we pull the sandbags. No, away. we took all the sandbags out and we and we pull all the, the hinges, hinges out. Right? So the next time he's trying to push the handbag sandbags, he figures he's gonna hit the door. He's gonna push all the sandbags out. He hits the door. The door no, goes fucking minute. flying off. Wait a minute. He was at the time he was officer of the guard. Oh yeah, he was like. So anytime, a, like, anytime somebody, shit anytime somebody freaking radioed and said, "Hey, OG, we need you down at the freaking at the ECP right now. There's an incident." He has to go running, right? You know, so he hears, we got somebody to call because we went out to one of the towers. <laughs> We're like, let me see your fucking radio. But Sergeant, fuck you. Let me see your fucking radio. <laughs> yeah. we, were Remember, up, we're we were straight up mafia. We're supposed to be in charge here. We're supposed to be the responsible <laughs> we straight up ones. mafia. We're like, yeah, OG, you need to uh, down here. There's an incident down at the ECP. We got somebody down here with typhus. Yeah. Two guys are back there. And we're recording this shit. And he's like, oh, shit. So he hops up and he goes, oh, you can hear him. He sees in his head, he sees... That thing's still full of sandbags. I have to hit it with as much force as possible. And we're like, this is going to be good because we popped the pins <laughs> on those fucking hinges. So he hits that going about 150 miles per hour. He comes shooting out like a fucking rocket. Hits the ground. And we had put off. I forget what we put on the ground, but it was nasty and gross. Oh, it was not something you want to land on. You know that. <laughs> So he gets pissed off. He gets pissed off at our freaking our, our bro Dan Kirkoff, right? So two days later, me and Dan are sitting there, and Dan gets up to go freaking because he was on duty. I'm sitting there and I'm just chilling. I'm like, I don't have to go anywhere. La 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 la. Well, Dan gets up and ready to go. Well, Dan always kept his boots outside because he sweated a lot on his feet, you know. And so Dan goes out, grabs his boots, sets them down on the ground, he sits down in his chair. And Dan's kind of he's a huge German man. He's just this huge dude. He just grabs you with his fucking. Is he German? Claws. He's very German. A little German. Oh, a fucking redheaded German? He's an Irish German. Irish German. Okay, got it. <laughs> you guys are poking fun, aren't you? Yes, we are. Fucking poking fun. Well, he's a redhead. I mean, right. come on. He's not Aryan. He comes storming down the staircase. So he goes, he sticks his fucking foot in his first boot, and this yellow goo just <laughs> comes right out of the top. And he's like, what the fuck? Jansen had gone up to the chow hall and got two bottles of mustard. <laughs> and sank a bottle of mustard in each fucking goddamn boot that Dan <laughs> So he takes his other boot and he's like, I'm going to kill that cocksucker. <laughs> mustard goes everywhere. 
then the <laughs> mac- macaroni incident, or the time you threw Drew dry fucking. Oh, and like, I got him with the fucking. Uh, get, no, it was the lemonade powder in the eyes. Uh, I, dude, there were so many fucking times. We just. Jansen got picked yeah. on Merciless. His driver was a guy named Colin Gilbert. And Colin Gilbert <laughs> pulled off the greatest freaking practical joke. The greatest pac- yeah. practical joke that was. So every time we went on a mission, we would go out outside the wire. Um, Gilbert was freaking um, Lieutenant Jansen's driver. And every time we would go in Iraq, in the cities and everything, there's freaking anywhere you go, really, there's a shit stream. You know, because they don't have indoor plumbing. Oh, that's crazy. So they dig trenches. And then they have holes in their houses that they poop and shit in, you know, or poop and piss in. And it goes out in the middle of the freaking road, and that's how their waste gets carried away. Well, Jansen, or Gilbert, would always take his truck. So if here was the shit stream, Jansen would always get parked right next to that freaking shit stream. Every time he freaking stepped out of his truck, he would freaking step in it. <laughs> Every fucking Every single time. time. The guy, guy pulled it off for shit. a whole year. When he went on leave, he went to Scott Dreyer, and he told yeah. Scott Dreyer, he's like, Scooter, listen. I have something going on that you need to be made aware of. <laughs> so you're going to be the driver for Jansen. So what I've been doing... <laughs> I, I, I'm going to do it different this time. Or did he no, drive no. there? No, he would stop every he would stop. fucking time. He would stop every fucking time. Scooter dropped him and off. And Jansen would step time. out and he would go, fuck. Oh, God. Fuck. Why does this happen to me? Every did he season. not never learn to look never down? Never figured it out. So in 2010, we had our reunion. And we had it down at Fort McCoy. Down, what was the name of that campground? I wasn't there, dude. I didn't make it. It was the one at McCoy, though. That's the <laughs> Fort McCoy. Campground. So we finally told Jansen that that was... That what was been going on. He was like, "You fuckers, yeah. you fuckers." We're like, ah, "Suffer, bitch." Yeah. <laughs> Corey, you got one. A real quick one, because Josh's story lasted for fucking ever. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he seems like a talker. I don't know. No, yeah. no, he has. You get, you get a little. I, I saw the bourbon get passed out. That's when I know Josh is going to open up. So. That's good. Get a motorcycle. You sound like you're on delicious dish. <laughs> awesome. So you guys know the the pocket pussy story. Which one? Which one? Oh yeah. Well, well. So there's a couple of those, man. Oh no. So in Samara, the way we were at, we we're down in the patrol bay. So we we're basically in this old hotel. And uh, the way it was arranged is that squad leaders, E sixes, staff sergeants. Um, they had a room to themselves, but there was four of them. So there'd be four staff sergeants in this particular room. And they it was basically like a hotel room, so they had their own shower. And what happened was I know what he's talking about. is a bunch of a bunch of these, you know, three other of these guys were like, hey, uh, this is gross. We're I wanna go take a shower and I see a pocket pussy in the shower. That's fucking nasty. Like, I don't know what you're doing when you're showering. Well, actually, I do. I just don't want to know about it. You know? So there's like a mini intervention. They're like, hey, dude, um, this I, out of sight, out of mind kind of shit. Like, we don't want to see it. Well, the dude didn't. He didn't listen very well because this goes on for another month. There's this pocket pussy just sitting in the shower. Well, they talked to the medics. We'll be like, hey, 
I don't know if there's anything you can do about this, but there's a pocket pussy in our shower. They're like, talk. oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never talk to Doc when you want something. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you want anything from the, if you want anything, you talk to the Doc. There's three sacred people in the military. It's the Doc, it's the supply sergeant, yep. and I don't know who the third is. Chow. Chow. Oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. The cook. Never the fuck cook. with your cook. Never fuck with your cook. So, the Doc's like, yeah, yeah. I got some stuff. Matter of fact, I got some. Uh, I got some uh, numbing agents. It's a gel. Oh, so, so strangely oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so the doc goes into said shower with said stranger. pocket pussy that has not been removed at request of the other people who are sharing this room, and he just, you know, splurts this numbing gel all over <laughs> this pocket pussy, and so. Long story short, I can't really tell you how the story ends, but all I can say is that about a week later, the pocket pussy was gone. <laughs> <laughs> but but the visual in my head is hilarious. Like, this guy is just, like, doing his thing, and all of a sudden and I was like... I can't feel anything. Oh, my God. My dick fell off. What What's going on? Uh, <laughs> I can't feel nothing. As a medical professional, that's not okay. <laughs> oh, my God. Do, do I talk to a medic about this? All I can do, all I can do is just see some guy hamming her way going, Hammer not working. Why? Not working. <laughs> oh, my God. And I can't even feel it. Oh, I can't feel anything. You have to tell me off air who the fuck it was. You know who it was. <laughs> I do know who it was. <laughs> so, yeah, long story short, that was the last time the pocket pussy was in the shower. And mission accomplished. Yep. Thank God to the medics. It's all over. I'm surprised <sighs> guys didn't get gonorrhea because oh, everybody would have been sharing that fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gordon, you want to play us out? Uh, I got one last question. <laughs> all right. Go um, you, you guys said earlier, you know, a. A bored soldier is a really fun soldier, dangerous, oh, and I know uh, the US, no USO tours have really kind of taken off. Oh, um, we didn't get to that. I was first introduced to that, you know, watching the old Bob Hope special, and you see a lot of bands. The uh, classic, man. You yeah, know, Bob uh, Hope was the original. Yeah. And, you know, Five Finger Death Punch being the big one that really promotes, yeah. you know, yeah. that they're going over there. Did you guys ever get a chance to go to any of those concerts or entertainment? Yeah, I mean, go first. Go first. Did it help or... Oh my Andrew, God! What was going on? Yeah. All right. So officially, Winter Warrior Project. Don't worry about it. USO. If you are going to donate money, I would donate money to the USO. Uh, not only is it 100%. because of you know people came over. So when I was over in 2009, 2010, I saw uh, Kid Rock came over, and I was, but I was I was at Victory Base Complex. So it, it's kind of hard to say for those who are out there like doing in austere environments because you like hate. You hate anything that is fobbitish, yeah, or yeah. anything that is like you know Pog-ish. not austere, pogish. Yeah, pog. But I was, you know, I saw, I saw Kid Rock, I saw Carlos Mencia, and what's that other chick's name? Jesse James. Jesse James. Now married but, Jesse but, Decker. Now, but uh, more importantly, when we were going in Kuwait, yeah, Eric um, Decker's wife. I don't yeah, yeah, Eric yeah, Decker's yeah. wife. Yeah, yeah. But uh, more importantly, that was, I think the USO was also the, the, the organization that did the uh, send a bear home to your kids shit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That was the USO. So you I could, you could record a message on your, on your bear. And, and it was like a stuffed bear. And, and actually, this is uh, a very, very, very touching for my, for my family. 
my son, um, he loved it. And, you know, and I, and I recorded these messages and sent them home. And you can send some other shit home. But uh, the USO is 100% legit. I love the USO. I would I would encourage anyone, if you're looking at a a, a donation to give, uh, 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 you know, whether you're looking at Wounded Warrior or whatever, USO, for me, personally, is where I would go. With that show, I was standing next to Corey during that show, during that Kid Rock, Carlos Mencia, Jesse James show. Jesse James, you know, she's fucking hotter than the sun, whatever. Carlos Mencia came out and did the funniest. Now, I wasn't a big Carlos Mencia fan until that night. Uh He did the funniest set. I actually watched. I was telling you a little bit earlier. I, I watched. Somebody had videotaped that exact set. He was standing on the left side of the stage. We were on the right side of the stage. He videotaped that entire tire set. It's like a half hour long. I sat with my 11-year-old daughter, way too young to hear Carlos Mencia <laughs> shit. But I didn't give a shit because she's cool. So we sat down and we listened to that entire fucking set. And it was the... It, it One, it brought me back to standing next to him and fucking... What was the other lieutenant that you were with? Hartman. Hartman. Carl yeah. Hartman. My brother. Yeah, so we were sitting... Hartman, with, I, I was standing with him and Hartman and, and we were watching this guy and... Two hours earlier, four hours earlier, whatever it was, I was fucking outside the wires, you know? And now I'm standing there listening to fucking Carlos Mencia crack fucking jokes about every fucking thing in Under the Sun. And then as soon as he gets done fucking Kid Rock, I'm not a Kid Rock fan, never have been, comes out and plays a phenomenal Dude, set. He's shredded. Oh, he was fucking great. And the whole time, we're fucking sitting there. There's no overhead cover. We're just sitting there in None. the middle of fucking... Uh, you know, buy out Baghdad airport and fucking waiting for somebody to fucking mortar us. But you know, I'll it, throw it, it out away that, from everything. I'll throw it out that uh, Kid Rock's been to Iraq more than any other fucking yeah. American president. I'll yeah. say that. Yeah, the dude is as much as you hate on Kid Rock. Yeah, and for his music or anything else, he was fucking. He's not mostly his top He's, hat. Uh, what's that? Mostly his hat. Yeah, yeah. But he slayed yeah. in so, concert. After that show, though, so I, I shouldn't be saying this because I'm pretty sure my kids are going to listen to this show after, eventually someday. It's gone. They were doing pictures with everybody. So you had Jesse James, you had Carlos Mencia, and you had Kid Rock. Actually, I'm sorry. It was. What about the one with Bruce Campbell? Oh, I saw him too. I got to I got to meet Bruce Campbell. That too was fun. That's awesome. really cool. Dude, it was yeah. best part of my best thing of my best part of my deployment. But we had uh it was uh what about Kid Rock smuggled up? Carl Smith yeah, Jesse Lewis. James. So I go up and everybody's shaking their hands saying, you know, hey, great job, you know, how do you like Iraq? Blah blah blah. There's only one thing I give a shit about Kid Rock for. One thing. So I go up and I shake his hand, I'm like, I gotta ask you something. He goes, What is it, brother? How was it fucking Pamela Anderson? <laughs> and he looks at me and he goes, drops his head, shakes his head. Carlos Mencia is fucking cracking up. He falls off his chair. <laughs> I made Carlos Mencia fall off his chair. <laughs> Jesse James looks at me like I'm the biggest fucking asshole in the country of a shitload of assholes. In a rat. And Kid That's Rock just something. looks up at me and shakes his head. He goes, it didn't suck, brother. Take a fucking picture. <laughs> and we did, and I've never seen him since, and it was the greatest moment of my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I bet he's still telling that story, I too. I fucking hope so. I really hope he does. Yeah. <laughs> but but straight up, I mean, the USO yeah, is yeah. legit. Dude, they were, they were fucking great, man. I got to see David Tell with... Uh, yeah. 
Oh, who is uh, Billy Ray Cyrus was with them. Yeah. It was David Tell, Billy Ray Cyrus, and Anna Kornikova. Who the fuck do you think we went to see? <laughs> Anna fucking Kornikova. That's all the soldiers care about. Billy Ray Cyrus is playing this song, and he's like Where's dedicated. your daughter? Oh, yeah. No, that was chanted a lot, by the way, that night. <laughs> Billy Ray Cyrus is playing this song, and God bless him, he was trying He's like, this is for all of you. I love you all. And he's and playing it. And he's almost in tears. And then Anna Kornikova walks across behind the stage. And the whole crowd goes nuts. Fucking just bowing down to her because she was hotter than she looks in fucking TV. <laughs> and Billy keeps playing his song. He th- he's thinking that fucking, hey, they're cheering for me, whatever. Don't and he tell gets, my heart. My yeah. achy, and he down. gets done and the fucking place is just silent. Because Anna wasn't out. But fucking the U.S. shows were awesome. God bless him, though. I mean, he came out and played for us. I mean, it was so cool. You were working twelve days on or twelve hours on, twelve hours off. You know, you had anything, and if especially if it was for a male-dominated culture, if it was a pretty girl, (laughs) a spectacular (laughs) fucking boobs. You know, you're just like fuck it, I'm going. I might see Anna Kornikova's boobs. Dude, she was amazing. It was it was a chance just to it was a chance to bring home home. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, man. The USO was I never saw one that I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. The smallest shows, the biggest shows didn't matter. It was canned, it was canned. But it was was all about the other shit too though. I mean, when you were anywhere in Kuwait, for example, they had the USO area where you could call home. Yeah. And everything else. It wasn't just the show. Yeah, it wasn't they just did. that, man. Has yeah. technology made that easier? I mean, World War II, they're writing letters oh, home. And oh, it my first there. deployment, I, mean, I used to watch my son. You would do, uh, uh, it was like instant messenger, but it was all <laughs> typing. You know, it was all fucking whatever. Yahoo Messenger. Yeah. 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 And I would watch my son every frame, and he would be climbing up the stairs. Every, You know, you'd see him here, and then you'd see him here, and it was all frame by frame. And then by my second tour, I was Skyping my kids, kids every single day. Every day I wasn't on a mission. I was outside the wire three, four times a week. You know, it was pretty slow. There was, there was and I would, But I would I would fucking skip everything. I would skip meetings. I would skip fucking deployment, or, or not deployment, but uh, mission briefings. I would push them back just so I could Skype my kids at was, 6 o'clock yeah. in the morning. You, like, how much scheduling had to go into that? I mean, because obviously you I said, the time fuck it. I didn't give a shit. I was, I was one of the squad leaders. So in, in Iraq in 2009, squad leaders ran everything. He was like way higher up than me, but he didn't run shit. No offense, dude, but he didn't run shit when it come, <laughs> no, came to the no, actual true. mission. When it came to the the simple, you know, they would give us the mission, we would set everything up, we would go. Thank Perfect you, example is Game One Sixty Three. Anybody that's a Twins fan out there knows Game One Sixty Three yeah. in two thousand nine when Carlos yeah. Gomez had the hit, Alexi Casillas scored, game over. I was loading magazines, getting ready to go. My my briefing started at six o'clock in the morning. I was supposed to like. Brief the brief my 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 uh, patrol and we were gonna go out. The game kept going. It was fucking extra innings. I was not fucking missing the goddamn Twins game. I'm loading magazines, whatever. Finally, they fucking score. I run out. My fucking assistant team leader brief the brief the mission. I jumped in the truck and we fucking win. <laughs> it didn't matter. Like, I I would make sure <laughs> there's there were certain things that I would I would disrupt everything for. A my kids. And then pee the twins. It didn't matter. I would fucking. <laughs> no. I would disrupt everything that was going on just to make sure I could, you know, be a part of that. That was the one. Those are the two things that I don't know brought me like happiness. I guess was, over there. You know, and I think what you're bringing up is that the USO in 2009, 2010 had a presence full time 
beyond the cool concerts that we went yeah. to that you could go and just chill out and watch the Twins. Yeah. Uh, in 2016, games, yeah. uh, same thing. Ah, just kidding, yeah, brother. Whatever. <laughs> so in, in 2016, when I was at Union Three, same thing. USO had a presence there. Um, USO. I cannot speak enough to yeah, what yeah, the USO is. If you, if you like to donate to the USO and you're listening, uh, USO.org slash donate. It's yeah. right on their website. Okay. Like, yep. Pull that up. Uh, yeah. So uh, you know, Well, if you donate to the USO, I can guarantee that it's going to go to a good cause. Yeah. It will. Definitely. It's going to go to the guys that were us. And like, we still got guys. Five years well, and there's, like, we still there's have so many right organizations now. out there that Prey on veteran donations. Yep. Wounded Warrior Project. Um, so yeah. giving to one that you know is going to go to a good cause is such a big thing. Yeah. I can vouch that USO goes to a good cause. Seconded. Third. All right. All right. Perfect. Garden, play us out. One last oh, question. No, never yet. <laughs> now, is anybody listening um, that, you know, if they're in middle school, high school, and they're thinking about going military, I mean, do you have any parting advice for them? Air Force. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you said it before I did. Defend America's coffee cups. Oh, Air Force sense. is honestly... Pit, do what you want to do for for the reasons that you want to do it. Exactly. Don't don't join the army because I tell you to join the army. Don't join the Marines because don't join the Marines at all. At all. Just don't because they're them. No. I, but I, I no, honestly, join what you want. Do what you want to do. Figure it out. But there is. Yeah. If if I wasn't if I didn't join when I was night when I was uh, seventeen, I I wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't have yeah. my, my three amazing fucking kids. I wouldn't have my house. I wouldn't have my wife. I wouldn't have anything. I'd be fucking probably in jail if not doing something stupid right now. So I will, yeah. I will tell this to any any kid that's out there. Um, and say in that voice. Um, yeah. So sexy. <laughs> now he's self-conscious. <laughs> I will say that. No, I'm trying to think about how to phrase this. If somebody tells you that you can't do it, prove them wrong. Yeah. Somebody tells you you can't fucking go over there. Don't listen to all this social justice bullshit that's out there, all right? Because uh, who is it that said Orson Welles? People sleep peacefully in their beds at night because rough men stand ready to do violence on their behalf. Yeah. All right? We need people like that. We need people like that. And you know what? It takes freaking somebody who says, you can't fucking do this, you can't do that, blah, blah, blah. Fuck you. I'm going to prove you wrong. Yep. I'm going to do it. And I'm going to freaking be the meanest, baddest motherfucker out there. Marcus Luttrell once said, I don't know the word quit. Yep. Uh, learn that. Get that mentality. You know, because freaking, personally, I had fun. I, I thought it was fun. You know, the infantry, I willingly joined the infantry. I didn't have to go there. I didn't have to go to be an FO or anything like that. I wanted to freaking do the hard stuff, you know, because I wanted to challenge myself. Yep. Challenge yourself. Somebody says you can't freaking do something, prove them wrong. Yep. Prove yeah. them wrong, totally. man. Do it because it's freaking, we need people like that in this nation right now. We need people who are going to go out there who want to freaking sleep in the swamp, who want to freaking be cold, tired, just freaking be it, yeah. it, live in an austere environment, you know, because that's what makes this country freaking the awesomeness that it is. Yeah. yeah. That's freedom. That's America. Yeah. And I'll add on whether you're a female or a male. If Don't you, matter. If you make that choice, welcome to the brotherhood. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exactly. 
There's like nothing you'll ever experience. I mean, it was the best life ever. And the best part about it is I don't have to do that shit anymore. I can sit here and talk about how fun it was and not have to remember but how it, bad it, it sucked when I was but doing But it's a it. brotherhood. It is. And you'll be there from the day you get in. One of us. To the day you die. It's a brotherhood. No other thing like it in the whole yep. world. And like we kind of got a little deep there for a little bit there, folks. But uh, if you're a veteran and you're in a bad spot, reach out to your battle buddy. Reach yep. out, call Fucking somebody, hand. talk to them. Yes, please. Yes. Um, I'm gonna put it in the description of the show. There's gonna be a link to a donation going through for uh, my buddy Steve from episode one, friend of his that took his life earlier this year or uh, last year, excuse me. Uh, and I'm going to see. If I can't find websites or phone numbers or something like that, throw that up in the description of the show uh, for you to reach out to. Uh, if you have served, thank you, appreciate, it, and thank you guys for coming thank down you. tonight and keep me. Oh well, yeah, thanks, yeah. man. Keep me fun. out late on a on a Sunday. I know you guys got work in the morning, so appreciate. Also, it. if you're a vet and listening and you want to share your story, where can people reach you, Gordon? Yeah, uh, hit me up at roa podcast info at gmail You can also find me on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter and now Vero, all at uh, at symbol and then uh, Rules of the Arena podcast. And yeah, please get a hold of me yeah. uh, if you want to come down, hang out, drink beer, whiskey, just chat about whatever. Uh, I'd love to have you on. Yeah, the literally the only perk is free booze. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had a lot. That's a great yeah. perk. That is a great perk. <laughs> yeah. oh. We know a lot of people too, man. I'd love to come yeah. down here and talk to you. Yeah. So. If you're listening to the show, please. Uh, Get a hold of me. Tell me what you like, what you don't like. Uh, this is this is the second episode. Uh, it was kind of a half idea that I've been kind of sitting on for the last few years and still working on exactly how this is going to go. So I need your feedback. I appreciate it. And if you're on iTunes, give me a five-star rating. And I uh, appreciate the hell out of that, too. And we will catch you next time. Uh, well, yeah, sometime later. Don't have a next show lined up quite yet. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in to episode three of Dear America Podcast. You can give me a like and follow on Instagram and Facebook at Dear America Podcast. To stay up to date with future shows and future guests, you can also check me out on Twitch and you can pay, watch the live recordings on there. And if you are a veteran and you're in crisis and you're in a bad spot, please make sure to reach out to a friend or family member, uh, find your battle buddy. And if you look in the show description, there is the note, the hotline number for the veterans crisis. Uh, please check that out and let them help you help you. Um, thanks again for listening, everyone, and we will catch you next time.